Hey, what's up? It's Wednesday, June 29th, and you're listening to episode 62 of the Chasing Points podcast, where your weekly honest dive into the world of sports. What's up? My name is Sam. One beer. What? Two beers. What? I'm Brandon. <laughs> What's up, Brandon? You're ready to go. Yeah, I'm stone Fourth cold and some beers over here, you there know? You <laughs> how you been? Good? <laughs> Sam, Sam did not know how to follow that up. That was the greatest. I wish you guys could have seen that. But Sam, I'm absolutely great after just seeing that reaction. That so outtakes how, how will end yourself? up on the internet. That was like, wait, what? <laughs> it might. Who knows? It might. Big show today. We got... uh we're going to talk about hockey again, Super the shocker. NFL. Yeah, it's a shock for real. baseball. Mm-hmm. But I th- uh, we all have a couple of new segments, including Dummy of the Week. Yeah, it's a good yeah. one. And uh, yeah, the NBA draft, which we talked about last week, too. And, you know, it happened last week. So let's uh, talk about that. But the gift that keeps on giving in the content business, Kyrie <laughs> Irving, <laughs> will lead off today's show. Way, way to clear that one up. There you um, go. <laughs> good job. <laughs> Brooklyn yeah, Nets point that. guard, yeah, just opted into what is a $37 million contract? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just I, I'm gonna ask you this first. Are you done with your lead in here? Because if yeah, I'm done, man. We're good. Are, okay. Uh one take. Let's just do this. Let's I'm, ride it. I'm Kyrie is a once a generational talent. He has exercised his option, 37 million uh, to stay with the Nets. Uh, but I still, even after hearing all this flirting, allowing these rumors to go on uh, about him going to having his list and so on and so forth. And the only team that was willing to sign and trade was <laughs> the Lakers, which would have brought a uh, reunion with LeBron. Um, that's still apparently not off the table, by the way, Sam, just thought you should know that it's still not off the table at this point in time. And the rumor is that if Kyrie essentially doesn't show out and the team's not winning and doing what they could and should be, uh, that they will start to package Kyrie out and get rid of him. Um, and then I'm assuming KD would follow, but I know the real reason they just want to keep KD there. But we know KD would not have been in Brooklyn if it wasn't for Kyrie. Loyalty is something else. Um, so he opts in after all this. He's been super cryptic, uh, was at the BET Awards, was asked questions about it, been asked questions everywhere about this, and then he finally opts in. So that's great. I think this team can be great. I They just all, Kyrie, KD, Ben need to be on the same page, right? But then also they get back Joe Harris, right? And they also get back Seth Curry, who both shot 44% from three last year. So both of them did. Um, so just think about that, Sam. You have shooters everywhere because Kyrie can shoot, KD can shoot. Ben can't shoot unless he's been working on that. Um, he really can shoot. He just doesn't shoot. Um, you have Joe Harris and you have Seth Curry. So that is a lethal team that can shoot if they can actually play together. Okay. But I'm going to get into some more drama with Kyrie outside of the drama that I've already mentioned. Kyrie and Stephen A have been going back and forth over and over and over again. This is the first time that I've actually seen Kyrie flat out call out Stephen A. Um, 
he's made references to him while he was streaming. Um, I've watched that. Uh, Stephen A is very direct because he has to call whoever it is out that he's talking about because he's on TV. Um, but I will read through um, what Kyrie said about Stephen A and then what Stephen A said about Kyrie. Kyrie says, Stephen A, you're going to have to explain yourself to people in your generation. I am not around many 50-plus-year-olds that speak and act like you do. So this is new for me. But I'm sure my father and uncles can meet you on your level better than I can. We know you, Stephen. All right? So Stephen A. Smith not only made a video which he said in the video, you know what it means to me. I guess he's a peon too. Uh, so you got to work. You got to show up to work. You got to go up there and earn that money. Talking about Kyrie opting in. And Stephen A has repeatedly said, and I know, Sam, you've seen it numerous times, uh, that Stephen A has basically said that that brother doesn't show up to work. He doesn't come to work and he doesn't put in the time and so on and so forth. So Stephen A went even further to respond to that Kyrie's tweet, all right? And he said the following. Oh, you got it twisted, bro. Big time. I don't have to explain a damn thing to anyone, especially you and your father. Now, I'm just going to tell you right now, for those that are not aware, this, this is getting over the line. Once you say something and bring the father in and all this, like this is, this is going to get deeper than what they're talking about and we'll see what happens. And I feel like the next person's name that I'm going to mention is going to have to be the peer mediator in this. Uh, he goes, your uncle, Rod Strickland is another matter. I love that brother and I profoundly respect him always. As for you, when you have a level, let me know because I'm not aware you have one off the court. Either way, I have a wish. One day you'll stop hiding behind the public support you receive and fess up to the shenanigans you engage in, leaving, leaving folks hanging like laundry. Be honest about what you've truly been doing. Until then, let's confront one another one-on-one -on -one for the world to see. Your truth is up. So this seems to be a trend that's going on <laughs> where guys in the quote-unquote old media, thanks, Draymond, uh, are calling out these players and we're getting these type of reactions and they're not backing down and inviting them to go on. Now, why would they back down? They wouldn't because they know this is going to give them the craziest ratings, period, right? So they're not going to shy away from them, regardless if they're wrong, whatever the confrontation is. But I am truly intrigued on seeing what this is going to be like because there's no running away. They're both right in front of each other. They can say and show their emotions right then and there. So I think this is definitely must see. And I pray that this happens. I, I pray Kyrie says yes. And then this happens. Um, so with all that being said, Sam, what are your thoughts on this situation? And I mean, all of it. Well, from a basketball standpoint, this is probably the only move that Kyrie could have done. Yep. Uh, he had to opt in for a sign and trade to happen for an extension to happen. The reportedly from like Shams or Woj, I don't know, one of them, that the only other suitor for Kyrie would have been the Lakers. And if he just outright 
opted out and signed there, he could only get the $6 million exception. Mm -hmm. So that's not going to work for Kyrie. Uh, and why should it, why would you leave $37 million on the table to sign for 30 million less? So that's not going to work. Um, I don't know what assets you could get for Kyrie on a one-year contract. If you're a team in February trying to trade for him, but this is the Nets playing playing this out. Um, and Sean Marks, we've both, um, the GM of the Nets, have praised him over the last couple of years, what he did with that roster post the horrific Celtics trades and the very slim years and um, doing what he's had to do there. Um, this is probably the only move you could do, especially when you were all these rumors of KD just ready to leave. Yeah. So from a basketball standpoint, you know, hope it works. And from a just on the court, as you mentioned, tons of shooters. Hopefully you get at least Ben Simmons doing what Ben Simmons can do. Having any kind of optimism other than that is, you know, is a is a wish, is wishful thinking because will he ever develop a shot? I don't know. Let's get him on the court first. But when you have four shooters and you and the lane is open for him. And you have you have guys like Kyrie and Kevin Durant who can I mean Kyrie is slickest ball handler probably this game's ever seen, so uh, this gives a lot of uh, a lot of options for this Nets team and moving forward. Um, and they still uh, you know have some assets to play with off the off the court. I if this was do you care I would say I don't care. I think he picked. He picked an interesting fight with Stephen A, probably one of the most high profile, probably the most highest profile sports commentator mm-hmm. out there. And a guy who's not going to hold back despite yeah. being friends with everybody. Mm-hmm. And it'd be interesting, you know, the both in New York City and similar to the next story we're going to talk about. I wonder if they ever like just meet face to face and have, talk this out. Um, but I don't I don't think it's gonna get better. The 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 thing with Kyrie, aside from the fact that Stephen A's take of you need to show up to work to get paid and to be a part of a team is Kyrie's always thought that he's better than everybody else. The perception of Kyrie. I can't speak. I I apologize. I can't speak for Kyrie. I've never spoken to Kyrie. I don't know if I've ever been within two miles of Kyrie, but um He's always the, you know, he's got to be smarter than everybody else. It's always been the the perception. And this is just kind of another example of that. It's, yep. but I'm I'm also surprised it took him this long to, to come back at Stephen A because Stephen A has been running his mouth about Kyrie since, you know, since this whole thing started, especially with the COVID uh, uh, guidelines and him not yep. being able to play in Brooklyn. So. Yeah, man, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, again, I think it was the wrong, wrong fight. But this is, you know, people at ESPN have to the the execs at ESPN have to be licking their lips and, oh, of course, bringing it on. You know, uh, first take seen some controversy over the last couple months, um, and they're headed into the summer where there's going to be a lot of movement in the NBA. You got all Pat Bev, JJ Reddick's on fire, um, as far as just you know. Uh, his praise for in the media for what he's doing in studio there. He's a very well-spoken dude. I I mean, I don't expect 
I mean, it's it's pretty funny. You you mentioned a Duke player that's Kyrie, and then you mentioned JJ Redick, who came out before Kyrie. And you can see like they're both well spoken, right? They're both very, very well spoken and they know what they're doing. It's just a difference. One's in media now, one's not. And JJ knows how to handle both sides because he's been on both sides and he understands how to respond as a player, but also still show respect because he was once there before too. So absolutely love that uh, about JJ. Um, What I also absolutely love is that this media player beef is not only (laughs) isolated with ESPN, it's also Fox sports as well. And also Stephen A's former co-host Skip Bayless. Now, Skip has he I I'm be open and honest, not really a Skip Bayless fan at all. Can't um, say I am. I I like some of his takes, but he he definitely does a lot of his takes just to get clout, basically just to get uh you know replay value. He wants to have uh he wants to be trending. He wants to be a hot topic. Hashtag Skip Bayless, all that good stuff, right? This is what he does, especially when he talks about he's a Cowboys fan, but especially when he talks about the Cowboys or LeBron, because he tends to talk about them the most. Well, yeah. LeBron's been his crutch for 20 yes. years now. Yes. Yeah. Um, so Skip has had a back and forth with the person that opted into his contract after Kyrie wasn't coming to the Lakers. And that is Russell Westbrook. Uh, <laughs> so he opted in, I think it was 47 million. Yep. It's 47 million that he opted into. Uh, so (laughs) this is Westbrook is compared to Kyrie Westbrook is a different being. And I don't think either of them would put hands on an individual, but if I had to guess of which one would put their hands on an individual, it would be Russ before Kyrie did. Um, (laughs) there's, there's no doubt in my mind when it, when it comes to that. All right. So I want to read where what Russ said, if I can find it real quick. Um, he called he calls him the well, the nickname's been uh Russell Westbrick, right? <laughs> That's been the nickname for him for quite some time. So Westbrook finally called him out and said that he needed to apologize, essentially said, watch your mouth. Uh he said, uh where does he say? He said, don't say anything that you wouldn't say to my face. So Skip doubled down. Said, hey, Russ, happy to talk face-to-face about the nickname I believe I originated in 2020, 2012. Still got to take credit. <laughs> yeah, he, so he doubled down on it, so for sure. He said, join, join me on TV slash podcast. Let's talk about how you make $47 million next year after being the worst three-point shooter in the NBA, most overplayed, overpaid player ever, question mark, please join me. <laughs> so, so this is what he's doubled down on. And I, I just can't wait to see this. He went on to say amazing and amusing how Russell, Russell Westbrook is trying to turn himself into a victim after he was such a nightmare for the Lakers nation last year. All he has to do is shut up, shut up and shut down uh, us critics is simply to make shots and quickly uh, and quit committing, sadly, comical turnovers. But it's critiques, it's critics fault. 
So basically he's saying that you keep blaming us for you missing this, but the easiest way for us to not talk about you is to do your job and score. Now I, I hate the, especially I know skip doesn't mean it this way, or, I mean, I don't know him personally, but the shut up comment, I I hate it when it comes to athletes. I just hate it. Especially when the dynamic is white and black. I hate it, especially from where it originated. Right. I don't think that was his intention at all. I just want to point that part out, but this again, just like we talked about the Kyrie and Stephen a situation. Gotta see it. Gotta see it. I want to see, how Russ reacts because Russ is, if you've seen any interviews when he's like super irritated, he's not having it. Right. So to have to sit on a segment in a studio with somebody means you have to travel someplace to then sit down and be subjected to whatever questions and criticism, but you're right in front of that person. Please set it up. Please. There you go. They're both in LA, man. Yeah. And, uh, and Stephen A and Kyrie are both in in New York. So be interesting for all of us. Yep. That's be interesting this. to see that. Yeah, I don't like the whole shut up thing. Yeah. Um, I and I I don't I come to the defense of the media too when it's like you haven't played ball. What do you know? It's like, no, it, it doesn't quite work that way. Um, you know, it's it's like all these athletes now having a podcast. It's like you you're not in the media. Why do you have a podcast? It's the same thing. So um yeah, I always hate I hate that. Um, but yeah, you're right. Aside from the racial undertones of it, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think Stephen uh, Skip meant that. Um, it'll be interesting to see what how this unfolds, though. And if these guys have uh, have the uh, the balls to, to get in front of each other and and really have a conversation. Yeah. But yeah. Which one do you think actually happens or happens first or most likely to happen? Russ. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I think Russ is the person to be like, yeah, no, I'm not. I want everybody to see this like you're, you're going to do this. I think. I think it's going to take way more to get Kyrie to be there. Right. And because of his the spiritual journey that he is on and doesn't have to answer to anybody like I just watched the post that he did and, you know, that the mistakes and how he's living and he's like, I'm just going I'm guided like I don't essentially do things that. I feel I'm I'm being guided to the way that I'm I'm going. So I don't I think it's gonna be hard to get Kyrie, but I don't think Kyrie backs down if if they're talking, you know, the right thing. But I definitely think Skip and, and Russ will happen more than anything. Um I agree so, with you. Speaking of things that happened. New segment. John Wall. That's the segment is brought to you by Finesse Kings. Let's come up with this. Uh Here's how to finesse your way into millions of dollars. Just ask John Wall. These are the number of games he's played since the 1920 season combined. Ready? 40. 40 games. 2019, he was paid 38 million. I'm rounding down. 41 million, and then 44 million. And this year, he's going to make $47 million. Way to finesse your way into money, John Wall. And then he gets bought out by the Houston Rockets. And now he will, or if he's not already, will be a member of the Los Angeles Clippers. Aside from all of that money that he's made for rehabbing injuries, how do you think this works out on the court? Do you like him 
paired up with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Before I answer your question, does this make him the Carl Pavano of basketball? Uh, I mean, mm. we're Carl Pavano at the time only signed a $40 million contract and now he's getting 40 million a year. So he's this generation's Carl Pavano for sure. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's uh, Chase Daniels. Another one. Yeah. Is, okay. Very, very fair. I just had he, to ask. That yeah. He's before. the finesse King man for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the fit on the court with the new big three in LA. I'm not going to call I it the big loose. three. I yeah, say I that loosely. I know you're saying it loosely, just just to say it. Uh, yeah, I don't. If he can stay healthy, I've seen what John Wall can do. His speed is ridiculous. What he can do with the ball, how he can attack, uh, that allows Kawhi to do have set up shots, which which he loves to do. Paul George, mid range, right? You shoot. Um, it allows some extra spacing, right? If he if he can do what he's done with the ball, you have to account for him. And with his speed and quickness and the way he slashes, you have to have somebody to to hedge on a screen, to uh, be there for a double if he splits the defense to get into the paint. Um, that would be huge. But the problem is he can't stay healthy. I don't know if this has been his way to like try to finagle himself to – a good team and essentially just sit there, but I've watched his, his workouts. Uh, and I know he has the capability of doing these things, but I mean, I guess, I guess we have to wait and see. I mean, we also have to wait and see what, what type of Kawhi we're getting back to. Right. That's true. Yeah, that's true. So I, I'm, I'm sure Kawhi is going to be amazing. Um, we saw Paul George come back and, and do his damn thing. Right. So I'm sure Kawhi is going to be okay, but you never know. Right, nice point know. on John Wall, too. I mean, he was with the Wizards and he got traded to the Rockets, right, for Russ. Didn't really – he hasn't had control. He was drafted by the Wizards. He's never had control of yep. where he was going. So, yeah, maybe he's, you know, motivated to play. He's got a lot more uh, of a chance now to to win a ring than he has probably in his whole career, uh, regardless of he's even half of the player he used to be in. And we, you know, I kid up front. I've always been a fan of John Wall. I always loved his game, Likewise. especially coming out of t- college. He was the number one overall pick. He he's a great player. He's in his prime was one of the fastest and a great ball handler. Um, and it's a shame that him and, and Bradley Beal didn't work out because, you know, Beal's another dynamic guy in that once in that backcourt. So, Beal's that um, but yeah. Uh, speaking of dynamic, mm-hmm. one of my favorite basketball players, if you listen to this podcast, you know, and I know my co-host here, Brandon, agrees, Dame, Dame Dollar, my dude, Dame Lillard, photoshopped or posted a photoshopped photo of Dame and KD in a Blazers uniform. I think this was like right before the draft. It's been a lot of speculation yes. that not only will Kyrie stay, but what's Kevin Durant going to do? Uh, especially being the mastermind of, hey, let's not go to New York. Let's go to Brooklyn or, you know, what I meant, the Knicks and kind of putting this team together. Will he bolt from your beloved Brooklyn Nets? And what do you think of Dame's post? Uh, just putting him in a, a Blazers uniform. I'd love, you know, I know you're a Nets fan here and it would be awful if that team fell apart, but. That'd be a team I'd like to watch. 
out in Portland. As a basketball fan, and uh, Jeremy Grant, as a basketball fan, minus my my bias from my Nets, um, I would love to see Dame have KD because Dame deserves it. Dame deserves. He has stayed there. He's been a loyal guy, as you mentioned, Bradley Beal, who is rumored, like I said last week, to stay with the Wizards. Um, Dame deserves it because he's he's been loyal. He's he's not left. He could have left multiple times, forced himself out, uh, but he's not trying to go anywhere. This Photoshop came, like you said, uh, during or before the draft. Uh, this is in the midst of Kyrie's list of teams that he wanted to go to and so on and so forth. Um, and, and Nurkic was also a part of this as well, too. Um, but I, I, it's not going to happen. If it does happen, that would, I mean, Kyrie, I mean, Katie just opted into a four-year deal during the season. So I, uh, I don't see Katie moving, but that all really depends on um, what happens with Kyrie. And, and going back to what I said earlier, it depends on how they start off the season. Because if these guys go out and win, the NBA championship. I don't, nobody talks about the, everybody's going to talk about what happened during the off season and it's going to be a flash and everybody's going to talk about how great of a team they were. Right. And that's all that's going to matter is win a ring. That's it. You shut everybody up. Simple, simple way of doing it, but we'll see. I mean, it's, it's easier said than done, but I don't think Katie, if they start moving pieces, then I could see Katie getting traded out there, but I don't know who they get in return. So if you're Sean Marks, you got to get every dollar from Mm -hmm. these two guys leaving because you cannot, there's my biggest fear when right after we cracked the mic, right after James Harden was traded to the nets and they gave up a King's ransom and a bunch of pick swaps and first round picks and, you know, uh, Levert as well. And, and, uh, what's his name? The center for the Cavs now, uh, Jared Allen, Jared Allen. Thank you. And, um, you, you do not want a KG Paul Pierce trade to where you basically give up Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown can't, can't do it. That can happen. Um, so that would be my fear if I were you. And that's definitely, has to be lurking in the Nick Nets uh, front office for sure. So I'm sure with Sean Marks, the moves that he's made, they even getting rid of James Harden, right? They still got back a good haul from that, right? Because if Ben yeah. can be whatever Ben was prior to, you know, the whole missing free throws and not taking that shot, you got a gym, you got a star of, of the league, right? You also got one of the best shooters in the league. Yeah, if Seth Curry and uh, and Drummond were healthy mm-hmm. too, that you know, they were a big part of that team down the stretch. And yeah, if they were healthy, I think, and it played out a little better. Um, they definitely could have been in the finals for sure. I mean, they got embarrassed, but um, I think it was a good return for James Harden under under the circumstances. Right now, now he's Philly's problem. But speaking of problems, the NBA draft was last thursday yes it was um it didn't go the way it was reported to go or i think that we even thought it was going to go uh jabari smith was the projected number one pick from auburn he ended up going three to the rockets um a guy that we both like went number one from duke uh i'm not going to say brandon likes duke players but it seems like brandon you like a lot of duke players um i don't like duke 
<laughs> I hate Duke. Uh, the institution. I hate Duke. Yes. I uh, just like some of the young ballers that they have on their team in Paolo. Uh, Banchero. Yep. So he goes number one to the Magic. Which, Very strange. Well, it's it's not strange because it was leading up to the draft. Uh, it was rumored that he was betting favorite to be the number one pick. And then that it changed like several times. But uh, I don't think I don't think that was a bad pick. I think that was actually no. a great pick for them. Right. Because he is the most NBA ready player in this him and Jabari in my opinion are the two most and I think Paolo with his body the reason why I'm saying that his his size translates well to the NBA right he's not going to be pushed over like some rookies like he has that size to be able to to check you and be like yeah I can move you type thing um so I think he'll he'll mesh in pretty well I mean what they're building down there in Orlando um I like it a uh, Chet went exactly where I thought he was yep. going to go, uh, which was OKC, which makes perfect sense for him there. Uh, the Rockets are quietly building a yeah, man. team down there. And they have all those picks from the Nets. And I, I think we talked about this. Uh, I think we talked about this when we started, started seeing like the young players, like maybe uh, when we started the podcast and we were talking about how the Rockets are are slowly building a team. And this is, this is proof that they're they're absolutely doing this. Uh, one of the people that I'm really curious um, to see what they do uh, is the number eight pick by the Pelicans is uh, Dyson Daniels, who is coming from the G League at night. Uh, so he's he's like a I can't even like put my finger on it, but he's a a different type of point guard. He's like a hybrid point guard, but he plays like almost old school point guard, but not really like he's like old new school type thing. So I'm really curious to see like how he pans out. Uh, and I, I think, I think the steal because of a particular team uh, let him go. Uh, Jalen Duran going to the Hornets. Uh, he is going to be a problem in the league. And of Shaking course, of course, I wanted him at 11, man, as a Knicks fan, the Knicks, Knicks themselves. So, um, so yeah, yeah bef- I guess we should just go right into that, Sam. Well, before that, because I'm going to lose this thought, the whole thing <laughs> with Paolo was very weird because mm-hmm. as reported after the magic, like kept this thing really quiet and they didn't even like Paolo didn't work out there. He didn't like, I, I guess he had a phone interview, but that's like really weird to see yeah. when there was a lot of speculation after that trade happened that maybe he was going to go to Houston and Jabari was going to come back to mm-hmm. the magic because of that. Um, but that whole situation was very weird, but yeah, you mentioned what the Knicks were doing or didn't do um, the night of the draft. And it was, it took a long time to dissect what was going on. I know we talked during the draft, like what the hell's going on. Yeah. Um, so essentially what they did was the Knicks traded the 11th pick to OKC. OKC traded the Knicks three first round picks. Um, and I guess those first round picks are next year. Then the Knicks traded one of those picks and four second round picks to the Hornets for the 13th pick. That's where Duran went. Mm-hmm. Duran. Mm-hmm. And then the Knicks traded the 13th pick and Kemba Walker to Detroit for a first round pick 
I guess, in a couple years. So the Knicks, the Knicks traded the 11th pick, Kemba Walker, four second round picks, and to get three future first round picks. That's fine, but when you want to say last year's Nick team was kind of like they didn't play up to their full potential, Julius Randle's arguing with fans, can't stay on the court. There's a whole doesn't want to be on, you know, the Knicks fans don't want him on the court. I'm RJ's surprised they try to trade him. Just yeah, to be honest, I'm surprised on the offseason, right? Yeah, so I didn't think the Knicks were going to be like a finals contender, but really could have made the playoffs again. And you know, Thibodeau famously doesn't like young players, so not having a pick is fine. But you just signed Ke- uh, Kemba, you just signed it to a two year deal, you're in year two, so they're trying to get under the cap more so they could take a shot at Kyrie, like we talked about last week. But now there's reports that they're ready to give Jalen Brunson, the point guard for the Mavericks, a $100 million contract. He's a really nice player. And then, honestly, he's probably the best point guard the Knicks have had in at least 10 years. Um, I just, I don't get it, man. I, I like, the savior of your franchise is going to be Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. Like, that is your, that's what you're going to take to battle with you. It's really hard for me to, to see that, especially having to give up such a prized asset in the 11th pick in a very deep draft yeah. to get rid of Kemba. Yeah. Uh, Leon Rose uh, commented the, the, the next day. Yeah, the president uh, of the next. And said, last night we made three trades involving draft picks, which resulted in increased financial flexibility and additional draft capital moving forward. We now have a total of 22 picks, 11 in the first round, and 11 in the second round over the next seven years. We have the ability to be active in free agency as well as in the trade market. Our focus will remain to be strategic and thoughtful in our team building, doing it the right way, while feeding off of the momentum from the end of last season and prioritizing our player development program. Thank you to Knicks fans for your continued support. Now, I don't have a problem with them building for the future. But no, absolutely not. You are you also have a future piece that is on your team is going to be the first the first draft pick since Charlie Ward to sign an extension. Is that true? That's true for R.J. Barrett. The first draft pick from the first, I think, from the first round, or I think. Yeah, we haven't had much luck in the first round. Yeah. So he's the first one signing an extension since Charlie Ward. Wow. That's the 90s. <laughs> so. And he was a football player. Yeah, he was. He was. Um, OG, I, though. OG. I do like. I do like that they're building capital because they're right. It does give them the ability to, to trade picks and do all that stuff. But we've also seen how the Knicks trade and we've also seen how they draft. So if I was a Knicks fan, I would be sitting here like, yeah, that's great to have all these picks, but you guys are going to continue to blow it. So what's the point? I'm a fan of blowing it up, resetting and doing it the right way. The Rangers just, just mm-hmm. did it and they told their fans they were doing it. The Yankees did it a couple years ago while still managing to win. Yes. And you know, the Jets have been doing it for 
for 10 years now, but you know, there comes a point in time and I love having draft capital and having free agent money, mm-hmm. but it's just like the same thing with the Knicks. Like we're going to get that $30 million max contract ready for LeBron. And then, you know, 2010 happens and LeBron laughs at the idea of yeah coming to the Knicks. And it's just one of those things where it's like that money and draft picks are great, but the future is supposed to be now. They messed up. Yep. Julius Randle is clearly not the right thing. They gave Fournier way too much money. Mm. And they made some other very weird sightings, including Kemba. Mm-hmm. So they got to get rid of those mistakes. And yeah, they're about to, they should give the max money to RJ because he's going to make that leap and be worth it this year. I, I really believe that. Um, but yeah, the future is supposed to be now. So like, I don't mind doing this and doing it the right way, but Leon's been under the helm for a couple of years now. Like this is supposed to like happen. So now we are covering up our mistakes with potentially more mistakes. Yeah, you can, uh, you can sprinkle gold on shit. It's still shit. It's just, <laughs> just the reality of it. And it's unfortunate because you, I'm not a Knicks fan. Yes. I live in New York. Uh, yes, I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan, but I love seeing the Knicks relevant because it makes basketball relevant. Any New York, and I'm going to, you can call it my New York bias, but when New York teams are in the mix, it makes the sport better. Look at the Yankees, look at the Mets, right? Look at when the Knicks made it to the playoffs, how everybody was talking about the energy that was an MSG. Knicks okay. Team. <laughs> look, look with what the Rangers just did, right? When New York is involved because there's such a big market, it is a game changer, right? Yeah, so, you might not like the New York fans and New York sports, but it's that's yeah. absolutely true. Yes. When a major market team is in it, ratings are better, the city's alive. You're absolutely right, man. Yeah. So I mean, I would like to see the Knicks, you know, do their damn thing, be relevant. Uh, and, and build something. I, I just hope they don't. I don't hope they don't do what the Giants did to my boy Saquon and ruin RJ, because uh, RJ is a good young player. Uh, you guys have a lot of good young pieces, but we're just gonna have to wait and see what's, and, what's next. And the next thing's gonna be like, like let's get the Duke team back together. We got Cam Reddish, we got RJ. Now let's get Zion. Zion clearly doesn't want to be in New Orleans. So like, here's another like string that the Knicks fans are going to like hold on to and it's just like at some point you got to pull the trigger and at some point we we got to move forward Agreed. and stop stop waiting for you know a big flashy free agent to to want to come to New York because last I checked Amari and Carmelo were the only guys that wanted to come to New York well yeah Amari was uh Amari was I mean he also lived you know where we're from and no one else was going to give him a hundred million dollars with the way he his medicals checked out. Well, did you hear what I said? I said Amari lived in Newburgh. Oh, did he really? Yeah, I knew you didn't hear that part because you just walked right past that. But yeah, he lived in uh, Newburgh, um, which is which is what I was super happy to know about. But yeah, um, while he was a Nick, or uh, he before played, I think he played AAU here, but he. Oh. Yeah, he cool. he used to live in Peekskill as well too. So yeah, Amari's he's well versed in New York. Let's put it that way. Um, 
but yeah, let's uh, that's enough for basketball. Let's get to football because you know we always always talk about football um, because they have just dominated everything. Um, and no, it's not negative news. Um, it's actually positive news for the Washington Commanders. Uh, <laughs> Terry McLaurin signed a big deal for him. Uh, makes him a top five top five wide receiver money, right? He is a seventy one million dollars in his new deal, twenty eight million guaranteed. Uh, his pro his productivity earned him that, honestly. Yeah, he it really earned him that. Um, I'm curious to see what he does this year with Carson at the helm, but uh, good for him. I'm super happy. He's a good. He's a really good young wide receiver. Uh, I've I have to watch him twice a year, so I <laughs> I know very very well. You got to cover him twice a year too. But but yeah, he's uh he's he's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. So I'm yeah, happy and for him. inconsistent quarterback play to say yes. the least since he's been here uh, in the league. I think it was a third round pick out of OSU, the U, the you know not the U, the Ohio State University. Um. So yeah, I mean yeah, kudos to him. You know all everyone else in his draft class is getting paid now and mm-hmm. uh, again putting up great i think he had a little bit of a down year last year but putting up great numbers with inconsistent quarterback play and frankly just being a part of the washington football team is dysfunction enough uh i think uh dan snyder is getting subpoenaed this week uh to to uh a grand jury to talk about basically the money he's been hiding Mm-hmm. We reported a couple weeks ago too, so or or discussed a couple weeks ago. So, yeah, it's to be able to flourish in uh, that kind of experience, and even Alex Smith has candidly spoken about it. You know what really goes on there, and uh, yeah, good for him. Make your money. Uh, Carson Wentz is definitely going to be an upgrade over. Uh, you know they didn't really have Fitzpatrick last year, and and Heineke who I like, but, you know, isn't an NFL, might not be an NFL quarterback, right? So Carson Wentz is that, you know, we make fun of him, uh, don't necessarily like him, was once your franchise savior with the Eagles, but he's a, he's an NFL quarterback. Yeah, he is. Um, So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens and and what they do in uh, Washington. They definitely have a great coach, a great defense, and, um, yeah, we'll see there. Hey, uh, what? Oh, go ahead. Nope. You were gonna go say ahead. something. Nope. Right. I I was gonna. It was gonna be slander about Carson Wentz, but I'm good. Yeah. Go ahead. Good. The no, people want it. No. You no, think the people no. want it? Taking no, a high they road. They probably don't. Taking a high road. I don't think anybody really cares about Carson Wentz outside of now Washington Commanders fans. I don't think Commander fans I, care yeah. about Carson. Yeah. Wentz. yeah, that's why I said they have to kind of just. Because it's their team, so they gotta, you know, kind of bite the bullet here. They're looking down south, seeing how we can get Bryce Young or <laughs> For somebody sure. else. For sure. Hey, uh, honorable mention time. Mm-hmm. The Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup. I saw this great. Didn't watch a single second of the Stanley Cup Finals, but I did see this video of, you know, how they all like get ready for like a group shot, and then someone carries or you know s- skates with the cup to meet the scrum of people sitting down ready for the shot. Did you yeah, see this they where they dropped it? Yeah. yeah. They dropped the Stanley cup. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Great. Great you know, the most, the most iconic trophy in sports history, probably. Um, I don't know the Heisman. I don't, it's probably the Stanley cup. 
just yeah. gets dropped. Lord Stanley got dropped. So there's that. Um, hey, did you see this? Uh, I guess post. I think ESPN had it posted it that there's a whole wave of second generation players playing in the minor leagues. There's the sons of Gary Sheffield, Manny Ramirez, Pedro Martinez, David Ortiz, and even Keith Folk. They're all playing together on the Brooklyn Rocks of the future collegiate baseball league. That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see them. Most of those guys, uh, their fathers played together. You see stuff like that. The Toronto infield uh, at one time had Kevin Biggio, son of Craig Biggio, and then Dante, uh, Bo Bichette, Dante Bichette's kid, and obviously Vlad Jr., um, that's cool to see. It also reminds me that we are old AF. Yeah, we are. We we definitely are. I'm okay with that. But I think that's super cool to get to see the the uh, younger generation. And it's cool to me to even see like them make it into like the the big leagues, right? Because we've watched since we're old AF. We've watched a lot of these uh, star athletes have children and their children not pan out to be or meet up to the standard or do certain things. Right. So it's really cool to see these kids come in and excel on their own. Right. And, and have make their own lane, even though their their father is so-and-so they're still paving their own way. And I absolutely love to see it, especially with my guy, Vlad jr. I absolutely love him so much. So, yeah. And you know, you know, how I feel about Boba shit. That's my dude too. So yeah. Bo flows. Um, you want to know how old I feel? I was at a Hudson Valley Renegades game, the mm-hmm. single A team for the New York Yankees uh, here in the Hudson Valley in town. And uh, it occurred to me that these they were playing, I, the, I think it was the Nationals minor league team. And the second baseman was Dusty Baker's kid, the now the manager of the Astros. Do you remember that World Series where I think it was JT Snow grabbed that kid and moved him out of the way he was like the bat boy and he was about to get like plummeted at at home plate that was dusty baker's kid really yeah and now i'm sitting here seeing him at i don't know like 20 years old playing minor league baseball i was like oh that's how you know i'm obviously there with my kids too but so i'm like oh okay i'm old that's it that's how I feel. That's it. That was the story. That's it. Okay. Speaking of feeling old, you remember Cooper Manning? Yeah. The older Manning brother, Mm -hmm. his son, Arch Manning, named after his grandfather, Archie Manning has finally committed to a university to play college football. He's going to graduate high school in the class of 2023. So next year he's going to Texas. Hook him horns. Do you care? Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, it's going to make Texas relevant, right? They haven't really been relevant. They're going to have that guy. And actually, a lot of uh, I heard about three or four commits, top recruit commits have now went to Texas because of him being there, right? So they are building a powerhouse. I mean, he's got some wheels, so he got that from his dad because his dad was a wide receiver. Yeah. Um, because clearly Eli and Peyton don't have the wheels. Um, but uh, yeah, I think he, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what he does. There's a lot of hype behind him. I mean, to the point that they're saying that he has a higher ceiling than Peyton, which says a whole lot, that's, but that's, that's, a, 
that's a lot. Exactly. Uh, Peyton is one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play. So we'll mentally, see mentally and physically. Yes. Yeah, you're yes. Absolutely right. Um, so, I mean, this is, this is huge. Uh, this is a huge signing for Texas, but it, you can sign wherever you want. You got to put the product out there. So uh, I guess we're going to see what happens. Right. Yeah. And, and I think Texas just got like a number one recruit last year to play quarterback Quinn Ewers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- I think he was at Ohio state and he made a ton of like NIL money going to Texas. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to see if, if Arch actually just starts as a freshman, how that whole thing's going to work. Obviously, if you're a Manning brother, then you're probably the most coveted uh, prospect to come into college football in a very long time. You're going to get some certain guarantees that you're going to be the dude. Um, so I, I'd imagine that. Speaking about the dude, at once, the guy that means a lot to City of Atlanta finally got his World Series ring. Freddie Freeman returned. Uh, with the Dodgers to uh, whatever they call the Atlanta Park now, SunTrust or something. SunTrust, yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, he got his World Series ring. <laughs> he promptly fired his agent. Apparently, he was not happy with the negotiations, how they went. It seemed like you know he was really bothered by not going back to Atlanta. We still don't really know the full story there. He got paid, so I don't think it was a money you know you left some money on the table here you got yeah. more money yeah um but it you know maybe he still wanted to to stay in atlanta um i however am happy with anthony rizzo at first base i'm very much so uh, the way he's been raking um and just the leadership that he's brought to this team um and just being i i i, I give judge all the glory in the world for what he's he's done um, by the way, that's not on here about Judge his arbitration winning that. Um, but shout out to Judge on that one and pay him. Pay the um, man cash, pay him. Yeah. Uh, I'm telling you right now, my buddy actually said this on Twitter, and he's absolutely right. He said, if Brian Cashman, because Buster only said that he doesn't think that Judge signs with the Yankees. I don't know if you saw that. Um, but if Brian Cashman can't bring Aaron Judge back. Brian Cashman doesn't need to be here with the Yankees anymore. Just going to say it right now. I'm going to go with that hot take. You see, that's, dude, I I think a lot of Yankee fans would warrant that. I mean, you look at the moves that Cash has made. I've I've been behind all of them. Uh, You know, getting Trevino for Abreu, and now Abreu is back on the team because he got DFA'd. Um, Luke Voigt in the past, like all these guys, they just come in at the right time and he does such a good job. The analytics team does such a great job. But if if Aaron Judge coming off of a probably an MVP season mm-hmm. and we were both, I, I will speak for myself. I was wrong. I thought Aaron should have taken the money um, because, you know, to count on himself. But the dude bet on himself. He's going to win an MVP if he stays on this pace. And the Yankees are the favorite to win the World Series. And if the Yankees don't win a World Series and Aaron Judge leaves, or if the Yankees win a World Series and Aaron Judge leaves, it's going to be tough yep. for Brian Cashman. Yep. That's yeah. for sure. This is like Derek Jeter, not maybe to the extent that beloved as Derek Jeter, but there hasn't been a Yankee as beloved. Yeah. Since. Yeah. And, and you could say, no one player means as much to a fan base 
currently in Major League Baseball than he does. He's also the favorite for uh, MVP. But yeah, got us a little sidetracked. Uh, Freddie. Yeah, Freddie. Uh, if if in fact he wanted to stay with the Braves and his agents couldn't pull it off, that's a travesty because you can see when he got his ring, where his heart was at, the emotions that were going through him. You can tell that was a man that did not want to leave at all. I mean, he made it very clear also that he did not want to leave, but it, it made it seem like they, the Braves didn't want him, right? Or whatever the negotiations happened, we're not or here. He was we don't being unreasonable, yeah. yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, which is unfortunate but i i mean i i wish he would have stayed but i mean he's he's with the dodgers so i mean he's he's still with a a viable team right and both teams are doing well so i find it hard to believe that if he didn't want if he got that last chance to be with the braves that's kind of on him too you know yeah so there's got who knows you know what really happened there maybe we'll find out but exactly yeah, that's that sucks. It's going to be, yeah, you know, Freddie Freeman and the Braves, Aaron Judge and the Yankees, same kind of feeling. Like, you can't let these guys go, um, even though they are older and they're going to command a lot of money. Um, well, you just said something about going to find out. And that brings us to uh, the dummy of the week. I kind of want to name it Bozo of the week. There you go. New segment alert. Uh, Benedict Matherin is how you Matherin, yeah. Yeah, Matherin. Says after being drafted, he was the eighth selection, if I remember correctly. Uh, I don't think anyone is better than me. LeBron's going to have to show me he's better than me. Young boy, let me talk to you real quick. Let me let me put my arm around you. Let's take a little quick walk. Um, you have not played one game in the NBA. And you're calling out. Not even summer league. Yeah, exactly. You're calling out future Hall of Famer on the Mount Rushmore in basketball. Arguably the second greatest basketball player. <laughs> and you're saying that LeBron has to prove to you that he's better than you. Um, He's already done that, and you've never dribbled the ball in the NBA. That your argument is, is not valid. Now, the standpoint is that from the athlete, I love the confidence. Absolutely. Absolutely love the confidence, right? I love it. But there's a thin line <laughs> between that and insanity. <laughs> and you're on the insanity side. Okay. Yeah, man. So uh, I'm going to wish you the best of luck because I have a feeling LeBron's going to save one of those infamous dunks that he wants to dunk on somebody oh. with, on you. Oh, so, yeah. Can't wait for that switch up to happen. Be prepared, young boy, because you don't need it. But I do think that he's going to be a good player in the league. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no. That, You're I'm not off to a great start. Ball. Sixth overall, drafted by the Pacers out of the University of Arizona. But, yeah, that's maybe you could have worded that better. Um, yeah. I totally understand the athlete's point of view of no one is better than me. For sure. Um, no one's going to work me, yeah. I, you know, that confidence. But don't don't say LeBron's got to show you. LeBron could play like crap for the next four years, and he's still the second greatest basketball player. Of all time. Exactly. Exactly. I just don't stop. Just stop saying things. Do Keep that in your head. Yeah. Right. Just keep that in your head. That's what you believe. Great. By all means, great. But you are going to get 
absolutely demolished going up against LeBron. So have fun. Um, <laughs> have fun and have fun. Um, Sam, I'm going to have fun watching this if I can get a chance to watch this. <laughs> it is, to me, I said there was a card earlier this year for UFC. This is UFC corner, by the way. That there was a card at the beginning of the year that I said was going to be the best card of the year. I'm retracting my statement because this card is probably going to be the best card of the year. Um, outside of the uh, Murphy-Misha Tate fight, Lauren Murphy-Misha Tate fight that's canceled, uh, every other card on the main card is absolutely wild. The main event is probably currently my favorite. Well, it's two, and they're both Nigerian fighters. Um, is Israel Adesanya and also um, the Nightmare. Why can't I think of his damn name? Uh, why can't he just beat he beat Covington? I don't know why I can't think of his name right now. Anyway, two favorite fighters, right? Israel Adesanya is He's your favorite fighter. You can't remember his name. It's it literally just slipped my mind as That's I was fun. saying this because I got so amped. About I understand it. Um, but Diego Sanchez. Do <laughs> I Googled the Nightmare UFC. The first no. thing that showed up was Diego no. Sanchez. <laughs> no, it's uh, Kamara Usman. I couldn't think of it. But yes. Yeah, oh, so, look at the. It says yeah. Diego, the Nightmare Sanchez. And then yes. they yes. pictures. It's the Nigerian Nightmare is, oh. is what he is. Um, gotcha. <laughs> so you were, you were right. Oh, Usman's here. Yeah. Yes, okay. yes you were right. Uh, so Israel Isenia uh, is defending his belt middleweight against Jane Jarrett Cannonier, who is also a absolute problem and it has the right hand from hell. Uh, so Israel has been touched up before, but I don't think he's felt this power like this before. And his last fight against uh, Whitaker was pretty interesting. Uh, it could have went the other way, but I think Israel did enough. Israel's going to have to do, more than enough in this one to win this and definitely not get tapped. Cause if he does get that little touching of the chin, he might go night, night. Cause that's the power that Jared has. Um, the co-main event featherweight Alexander Volganovsky is putting up his belt so that Max blessed Holloway uh, can come and try to fight him. Then this is a rematch. Um, Max is considered to be one of the best boxers in here. Uh, Volganovsky is one of the best all around. Uh, he's 24 and one. Um, whereas Max is 23 and six. Uh, this fight is going to be an absolute brawl. Uh, but I can see Volganovsky taking this uh, just due to his technicality. Um, but Max also has that. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see what happens there. Uh, you have a middleweight bout with Sean Strickland, uh, Alexander, Alex Pereira. Uh, Sean Strickland is an absolute monster and I see him dominating this one. So I think this is like the only like landslide uh, fight there. And then you have Pedro uh, Munoz uh, and uh, Sean O'Malley, Sugar Sean. Uh, I have to go with my boy, Sean, because he is just an absolute problem. And he is what Connor was with the antics, but he doesn't talk like Connor does. 
he he says what he has to say and then he goes on about his business and then you don't hear about him but when it's time to talk punching tour buses yeah yeah he's not doing all that crazy stuff uh but he is definitely a show to watch especially with his rainbow hair uh so ufc 276 on saturday 10 p.m uh don't know where you're going to be at but i suggest that you definitely 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 watch this fight uh this card is going to be extremely extremely good i'm hoping sam actually watches it so we can talk about it i hope i can watch it so we can talk about it uh but yeah this is going to be uh Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. Card of the year. You heard it first. Yep. Yep. Calling that right, right. now. ESPN Plus, Saturday yep. night. Let's yes. check it out. All right. Yes. Uh, time to play Do You Care? Do you care about Do You Care? Yes. First question. All right. Let's care. do it. Hey, the fight we never thought we'd want to see. Future Hall of Famers? Question mark. Well, one is definitely a future Hall of Famer. Adrian Peterson mm-hmm. is going to take on Le'Veon Bell to meet on the undercard of Social Gloves 2, an event by YouTube star Austin McBroom. Have no idea who that is. I do know who Peterson and Le'Veon Bell are. Mm-hmm. Two questions. Who you got and do you care? Adrian Peterson. And I do care just for sheer entertainment value. Sure. <laughs> like, I just, I do care. Um but I'm I'm super intrigued uh, just just to watch it, just to see two football players just throw haymakers at uh, each other because that's exactly what's going to happen, and they're probably going to be fatigued by uh, the end of the second round. So <laughs> I, I I'm definitely ready to watch that for sure. Are you? Do you care? Um, I don't care. <laughs> Would I watch it if it was in front of me? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I think AP wins. He's just bigger, right? Well. Yeah, but Le'Veon got some power behind him, too. Yeah, that's fair. Like, Le'Veon's going to, like, finesse his way, like, the whole stutter step backfield thing. Or AP will just run through you. So, my money's on Peterson. Mine is. Cool, though. Guess what? Yeah, let's talk about some money. (laughs) Speaking of of money, um, you know, like, when you're new in the league, like, the the vets take you out the whole team out yeah they spend they, run up a bill yeah they take you out but you're taking them out yeah that and way. then the rookie ends up having to pay mm-hmm. well um i don't know you want to set this up garrett wilson of the jets <laughs> it, it this became shock to him I, I don't know i'm not a professional athlete i knew about this um had a priceless reaction after uh discovering that the rookie dinner is real. He said, I'm just going to read the quotes and then I'm going to get to this podcast is called Brandon reading the news. It's uh, he, he said, I've got to take all the receivers to dinner. That's going to be cool. I'm excited for that. Ryan Clark from ESPN, former NFL player himself said, it's not going to be cool. <laughs> so Garrett then started to pay attention and they went on to tell him that they're going to run up the bill and it's probably going to be something like 75 K Wilson said, they ain't going to do me for 75 K he, and then <laughs> Jaden Crowder said he thinks it's his decision. <laughs> and then his face 
the reaction, the shocked face when they were all laughing at him because they're all vets and they know what's going to happen. They all laughed at him. Fred Taylor, Crowder, uh, Ryan, uh, Clark, oh, excuse me, all of them. And his face that he made was like, ooh, like this is this is gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know how he didn't know that that was an actual thing. Uh, but me not even playing professionally, I knew that was a thing. I know you did as well. So I do care because I feel bad for young boy because he's gonna have to pay seventy five k. Because uh, they're gonna, it's gonna be the line is the receivers that he said. So whoever's the number one receiver, he's probably gonna get the biggest meal, and it's gonna go from there. I heard there's like a trickle down effect type thing, but uh, yeah, they know what your signing bonus is because you're a top tenth, pick, tenth they, pick in the draft. Yep. Yeah. So they know what money you're making. I mean, it's it's public knowledge. So, that's what? so have fun. Braxton Berrios, Corey Davis, Denzel Mims. Good luck, bud. The tight ends going too? Is it just the receivers? It says the receivers, but I mean, you know, right. tight good ends thing you don't have to feed that offensive line. Makai oh Beckton can eat, man. Be be happy so, that he doesn't have to do that. Yeah, I I care because I'm a Jets fan, but um, I don't. I'm not one to be in other people's pockets, but he can afford it. Yep, he sure can. He makes yeah. twice what the like I mean, average got, income 12 million is. Guaranteed. In this yeah, yeah, twelve million guaranteed. So yes, yeah, that dinner 000. is twice as much of yeah. the median person makes in, in america so yep yep um yeah better ways to spend your money but sure. um sure. that that's our podcast bro um before we go some uh sad news that that hit us last week two ravens one current ravens linebacker jalen ferguson and the other the the legend tony saragusa the goose both uh passed away last week so um thoughts and prayers with their family football family and, and Ravens nation there. Like uh, I, I don't know much about Jalen Ferguson, um, but Tony Saragusa was always fun uh, on broadcasts. And he was the anchor of that defense um, that won a Super Bowl in 2000 with the Ravens. So yeah, um, yeah man. Sending them love just, for sure. For sure. Um, sending their families love. I mean, it's, that's one thing in this, on this earth that never gets easy for anybody to hear or to talk about. Um, so sending love to their family and wishing them nothing but the best during this time for sure. Yeah. So on that note, um, we are off. Um, we are out. This was episode 62 of the chasing points podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Leave us a review on iTunes. Nice rating. It goes a long way. And if you're on Spotify, make sure you follow us and click that five-star rating. It helps people find us and, um, you know, spread the love on the chasing points podcast so for brandon my name is sam thank you so much for listening um until next time peace i got something to say we're summertime now we're in the midst of summer pretty much we're there fourth of july is coming happy fourth all that good stuff we'll, we'll talk about that um this is the time of the year to go to the beach and uh I got something to talk about you people that make the prices to get on the beach with your beach badges and uh, also the bathrooms. So first you charge us whatever you want to charge us because you have a monopoly because it's the beach. And that's what we came all the way down here from, you know, two hours away, an hour away, wherever you came from to go to the beach. And you charge $10 for each person, whatever the case may be. You make your set rules of certain beaches you can 
bring alcohol on the beaches and you get checked. Certain ones, they don't. You don't know what to bring, what to, to bring with you. Bring your speaker. Don't bring your speaker. You know, bring your, your umbrella. Some places won't let you bring an umbrella. Uh, you don't know what it is. It's, it's a mixed bag of what you're getting when you pull up to the actual beach. But then when you get to the beach and you're there and after you've already paid uh, your gas price <laughs> to get onto the beach, you then have to use the bathroom. That is a public bathroom. And I swear, I don't know whose job it is to clean those bathrooms. Clearly, it's nobody's job because this is like the sewer. <laughs> Every time you go to those bathrooms, it's like somebody emptied out their whole bowels for the past 10 years. And it is absolutely disgusting. And there's no way to go. Uh, I don't suggest pooping in the ocean, uh, but. I know some of you do, right? So what I'm just saying is we need to make beaches better and the whole bathroom situation and payment situation because you know what? It ain't great, but I'm definitely going to suggest for you to go to the beach and enjoy your summer because it's beautiful. So why not? Bye.